Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> How's it going? How's it going? Good morning. Monday morning. Happy Monday. Uh, we are happy. We are here. We are full of shit. We're tired as we hell. We're exhausted. <laughs> We're exhausted. Absolutely fucking exhausted. And we didn't get the uh, Nespresso set back up uh, for this morning, so we're drinking our crappy old Keurig coffee. Oh, we're so fancy now. <laughs> uh, call in with your complaints about our fanciness. Um, <laughs> we, uh, as I'm sure most of you know, we had our real estate investing cabin retreat this weekend, uh, which is a full intensive weekend of Friday at 5 p.m. until Sunday at 5 p.m. or should I say 7 p.m. because we kept going and I didn't get home until 9.30. It's uh one intense, intense weekend. Um, I'm still catching up on my breath because we literally go from like, oh man, three days straight. It yeah. is, it is so intense and so much fun and so exhausting when you're just nonstop talking about, you know, real estate investing and, 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 and planning and just, just the, the creative discussions that we had. It's, 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 it's so cool. So cool. Yeah. And you never know, like, it, it just couldn't have, like, when a group comes together and um, it's just, like, the most perfect mix of people to, I, it's, it just blows my mind. Yeah. I mean, like, yes, we have a part in that and making sure that, you know, like, the right people and we had, like, a lot of similarities across the board. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, just to see that, like, unfold in just, like, such a beautiful mix of people who are, yeah. Who just feed off of each other and yeah, I, are going to do amazing things. I get, I get so many people who ask me, I'm like, well, what, what do you talk about over the weekend? Or like, what's the whole what's the whole goal? And I'm, well, the goal is for everybody to come up with a plan by the end of the weekend. We show up there, and like for the most part, I have maybe four or five points that I want to make for the weekend. And then in between that, it's just a matter of finding an opportunity to make those points. Aside from that. It's like we really know we never we you never know, know where it's going to go. I'm yeah. not trying to convince anybody to to start a rent-to-own business. I'm not trying to convince anybody that agreement for sale is the best thing to start with. No, it's just it really depends on everyone individually. So like everyone come, comes in as like almost like those um like those Russian dolls, you know what I mean? And then you got to start like peeling off the layers to really get down to the core to really understand what it is that this person really wants who they are why they make the decisions they make and then build off of that for the remaining weekend and um it's just such a cool thing just to kind of see as those layers start coming off you start seeing those aha moments you're like oh and then building off of that it's it's mm -hmm. a, it's such a cool such a cool thing and uh yeah we'll, we'll get to a point where it's like Sunday at one o'clock, two o'clock, and things are starting to wind down. We got a few hours left and we'll have this idea that we can't kind of came up with and we got this model and we're like, okay, this is going to work. And yeah, it's going to be like two, three years. 
and um, we're going to do this and then we're going to do this and we're going to do this. And it's like so exciting. And then we just kind of have a moment where we're like, well, wait a second. Why, why are we waiting two or three years to do this? Why don't we just go directly to here and have it done in six months? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it just that, that moment where it's like, huh? Yeah. I mean, the only reason why I'm waiting two or three years is just because I'm worried about what that person's going to think. If I just went directly right there, I could be done in six months. And I can have everything I ever wanted. That simple. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> hopefully that makes any sense without giving you any more. Cause I don't want to talk about details, but you know, just kind of have to experience it yourself. But that's, uh, that's what we did this weekend. And we are just absolutely exhausted. Um, the- <laughs> uh, in the pod being up here, uh, Kathleen says, um, I, I don't know when exactly the comment came in, at what point you were talking, but she said, it seemed like that since there was barely any posts. Yeah. Like there, like the discussions were deep and it was like dawn to dusk, like in it, it was, it was crazy. Like, yeah, nobody had their phones. Nobody like it was, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, there wasn't a whole heck of a lot of time to take any pictures or any videos and stuff. We did it when we had the opportunity, um, took a few videos when, when, when our guest speakers were speaking. So we had, uh, thanks to Calvin Hexter and Melissa Stevenson, uh, for coming out. Uh, and then also Barry McGuire and Donna McGuire, they came out, Barry and Donna did a presentation on creative strategies. Uh, Calvin and Melissa did a, a presentation on flips and burrs, which was, which was amazing. Um, yeah, so took a few videos besides from that, uh, wasn't a whole heck of a lot of time to do it, mm-hmm. but, uh, if you guys are interested in the next one, next one is February 25th or 27th. You can see the, the link there in the, in the show notes. Um, awesome. only, only come if you're prepared. Yeah. No fucking around. <laughs> this, this is a no fucking around weekend. <laughs> I, I cannot believe how, how involved everyone was and just completely, yeah. over, you know what I mean? Yeah. It didn't, yeah, it was just such, so cool. Um, today I want to talk about, um, private money, the world of private, private money, something we actually talked about quite a bit last night, which is perfect timing. It's top of mind. Um, as well, we've, uh, we've been kind of dipping into it a little bit and dipping our toes into it over the last couple of weeks. And I, and I keep saying, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to touch on it on the yeah. show. Yeah. So that everybody can have a better idea of how it is, what is private money and how you can access it and, and, and for what applications, uh, when does it make sense? And when does it make sense just to stay with a conventional lender? Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything in your notes about like what's going on this weekend or what happened last week um, that you want to catch up on? <laughs> um, it honestly feels like a blur. Like it is crazy. What? like the weekend that we just had, like how that just like, I feel like I don't even know where I am, what day it is, like who I am. (laughs) Let me see if I can help. Uh, I'm going to scroll through the calendar a little bit because I know that we had a busy week last week. We had Barry McGuire on last Friday. It sounds like we might even have him on again this Friday. Like like it's just been such a great conversation with him. We might have him on again. Uh, Last week, uh, you had to book a a furnace company. So I I think we have a furnace issue at one of our rental properties. Mm, Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, Um, furnace people will be coming out uh, today, actually. Um, Yeah, like nothing crazy. Just it's kind of making some weird noises. So just getting it looked at before something happens. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Preventative, I guess. Um, How's how's the... um, 
How's the vacancy filling the vacancy? Like, Oh, it's been rough this month. Like wait, it's funny because I thought that for sure a January vacancy would be harder than a February vacancy. Cause it's, you know, new year's Eve is December 31st. And then it's like the start of the new year. Um, I thought that that would be a harder fill than February, but um, yeah, it's not much out there. Slim pickings. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that there's not um, interest or people responding, but it's those quick, like, click on the profile and like hard nose without even having to scroll type mm. of type of um, people. So that's um this particular property. I find that that's 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 been consistent over the years. That's been the and, and you know what? Maybe it's just it's one of our it's not one of our nicer properties. Yeah, it's not a beautiful, brand new, renovated. Um, it's older. It's yeah. It still works. It's one of those old toothbrushes, old toothbrushes. I don't know if you guys have seen my post on Instagram or Facebook recently about the old toothbrush and when you should change it out. <laughs> um, and, you know, the light fixtures are still original. The handles are still original. Kitchen's original. Kitchen, kitchen's original. It, it's, it's still functioning. Like, it's it's not a terrible place. We've replaced the flooring. We've done the paints. We've, you know, we've... Yeah, the upkeep on it is great. Like, it's... Yeah. It, it cleans up nicely. But it's not, <laughs> but it's it's not, not a big fancy one. No big feature. You know, I thought about that recently. I thought about what would it what would it take for us to just replace the kitchen, replace all the handles, replace the light fixtures, update the bathroom, throw a feature wall in there, and suddenly it'd be a completely different unit. Yeah. But it's like sinking twenty thousand dollars into a unit where it's not going to increase the rent at all. No. In the area, it's like it's it's kind of an area thing as well like it's it yeah it's a it's a rental area of millwoods you know what i mean like there's you know it's it's not like you've land it's not like a single family house in you know the middle of an established neighborhood with homeowners where yeah. you know you get like kind of that pride of ownership and stuff like it's there's a bunch of um fourplexes and stuff all on the across the street and that sort of thing it's like it's a it's there's an, a, a small apartment building just down the block like it's a mm -hmm. rental area yeah yeah not no, not a whole heck of a lot of transients like no homeless no, people around no. but it's just the <clears throat> the people that are living in those in particular um buildings are just like um you know there's at least one person within a you know 500 meters um, that is probably stealing from people's garages and cars. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Let's, let's just, let, that, that's kind of the area that it is. And, and so um, because of that, by increasing the, you know, the inside, like by, by updating it and making it a super sweet rental, you know, they're still going to walk outside and they're, you know, it's still going to be that particular area. And, uh, and it's not going to increase the rent. So it's just, it's not, we can't justify the, uh, Sinking the money in. Can't justify putting that much kind of money in. Yeah, for sure. It wasn't our best investment property either, or like our investment. Um, it was a, it was an early mistake that we made. Sell it? No, it's not a good time to sell it. Um, <laughs> Kathleen, um, she's Can't sell when we're down. Live on the Pie Beam map here said, yeah. asked, "Should we sell it? It's a very good cash flowing property. Yeah, um, very good cash flowing property. But we, if we sold, we would probably either break even." Um, it, it's just not a good time to sell. We have, we have to ride it out for some, from, for some early mistakes that we made. But also here's the thing is that like, 
Um, the type of, yes, the type of people who, you know, like I have to sift through lots of applicants, mm -hmm. but literally the person who, who moved out before we had the, the two month or midnight move yeah. was with us for like five years. I can't That's remember true. exactly, but like, she was just like, she, and she was a great tenant, like really great tenant. Mm -hmm. And the person who is in the basement suite has been there for two years now. Like you, we just need to be patient when yeah. we're filling the vacancy and not make any crazy rash decisions based on the type of people who are coming through. And that's the problem is that like when you get so many crappy people responding or applying or, you know, like that kind of thing, yeah. it breaks you down a little bit and makes you, your judgment cloudy. So you start making emotional decisions. Yeah. You just, ones. yeah. It's like, oh man, is this thing, are we going to have a vacancy? Is like, what's going to happen? And I guess this is the best pick of the litter. Like, yeah. So true. Um, it's just reminding ourselves that we need to be patient, that it is a seriously good cash flowing property that we can, we can take a vacancy and, you know, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, um, if we, what makes it? Oh, okay, that's a good question. Robin asks, "What makes it a mistake?" Uh, overpaid for it. Um, we thought we could add a basement suite to it. So this is this is one of those properties that, like, I see most people early in the game. Hey guys, just bought a property, thinking about putting a basement suite into it. Not sure about it. Can't tell if it's a good deal. Let me know. Or hey guys, just bought a, a rental property. I'm thinking about putting a basement suite in it. We just tore out the basement. What do you think? And then, you know, you look at it and it's like, well, you overpaid. You need to be intentional yeah, um, before you buy you know, it. <laughs> if you put that much money into it, the value of the property is going to be less than the money that you have into it. Uh, and that's kind of what happened with us. We saw a place. It had a second entrance. It had a kitchen in it. And we thought, okay, let's renovate this basement. And then we're going to have an upstairs we can live in. And then downstairs, we'll be able to rent it out. And then so we got it. And we didn't, we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. just like everybody else and uh, uh we we made an emotional decision because everything in that particular area and that particular price range you know was was moving quickly and um this was the nicest of all of them and we didn't know what a legal suite was we didn't know anything. how much money would it would take yeah <clears throat> so that. we got in there yeah. and then we thought, okay, let's start our renovation. And then we found out it wasn't a legal suite. And then you start Googling and finding out, oh no, well, the city can shut you down. And, and, uh, so we're like, okay, we have to legalize this now. So we're like, oh, we weren't really planning for this investment or putting this much money into it. Let's, let's call a guy and he can quote us and he quotes us and it's okay. He's going to set up the permits. This is a very little bit of a long story. <laughs> yeah. He's going to do the permits. He knows what he's doing. He's got, uh, I, I'm not going to name his business, but it was like a name of like, uh, that was like an obvious name of like. Basement I, sweet Basement builder, sweet guy. Like, yeah. I'm like, okay, this guy <laughs> knows how to build basement suites. This is his, this is his expertise. Um, so he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'll do the drawings up and I'll submit the, the applications to the city. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he starts, he starts working and. I'm like, okay, do you, do you need me to do anything for the application? No, no, no. I, I got it in my truck. I'm going to send it off here in a bit. And he just starts working and working. And three weeks go by, four weeks go by. And uh, and then it, well, it was like four or six weeks later, he's like, oh, yeah. So uh, I went to the city and it turns out uh, you can't get uh, you can't get a permit for this basement suite <laughs> because it's a duplex. And at that time, you, couldn't, yeah. you couldn't add legal suites to duplexes. 
She's like, ah, sorry. We had, and we had no clue. Like, yeah. And I'm like, well, what the fuck, dude? Like, <laughs> you're six weeks in this renovation. Why didn't you do it when I told you to do it? Like, oh, well, I thought it was good. And I've, I've seen this happen before. And, and and they've always allowed it. This guy clearly, you know, looking back, he didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. Um, he just had a really cool website. And uh, so, yeah, we spent all that money for the renovation, which in hindsight, we look back and just say, you know, at that time, uh, we could have stopped and just could have like patched up whatever he did. And um, we could have left it as a, a one unit rental. We could have finished the renovation and still had it as an illegal suite. Um, what we decided was, you know what, let's finish what is required to make it a legal suite. Though we will not have the permit, I want to know that I can safe. sleep yeah. is safe and I can sleep at night knowing that there's a proper um, uh, fire separation. There's the proper ceiling height. There's the proper interconnected smoke detectors, mostly the fire safety stuff. Proper uh, there's window. proper size windows so that someone can get out. So in the event that there was a fire, they had an opportunity, the right opportunity as per the building codes and the fire codes for them to be able to get out in a reasonable amount of time. Mm -hmm. Aside from that, you know, separate heating and everything else, it is what it is. Um, years later, they, they started allowing, you know, grandfathering in and, uh, and then eventually they started allowing um, duplexes to have um, legal basement suites. And what we eventually did was we got it all done. So um that explains why you know we we overspent way too much money on that property yeah and what we spent plus the price we bought it for is way over what it's worth so therefore it takes some time in order for us to um pay down the mortgage or for the property to appreciate a bit in order to balance out so where we kind of break even in the meantime we're getting lots of cash flow um, we will eventually either break even or make money on this property, but by selling, we will basically, um, we will receive our losses. You know what I mean? So we're just yeah. riding it out and, and, and accepting our, our mistake. Yeah. It's, it's my, probably my favorite, uh, property bank account. <laughs> and just the way that it's set up. I mean, it's, it's a cash flows really well. So, yeah. um, it all, it, it all worked out, but by selling it, it, you know, big mistakes. Um, Robin says here, yeah, you just need to wait it out. You know what? You, you're I don't even know. Like, I don't even know, though, if we would sell it if it was the right time. Like, I don't know. It, it's a really good cash flowing property. It's just that, like, it takes time to find good tenants. Is that bad? I, I don't really think so. Like, you just need to be patient. And like I said, like, if you can handle a month or two of vacancy every year because the cash flow is that that good yeah then is it a bad property uh, i i i'd say no it's just bad. because it's not the prettiest or in the best neighborhood um you know like we've had really great long-term tenants there it's it, yeah yeah just i guess personal preference how you look at it yeah uh that property there we have we may not have earned as much money or return on our investment but what we have learned is many many lessons oh yeah Many, many lessons um, that are invaluable. Um, yeah, that's that. Uh, private money. Uh, and welcome to everyone who's joining in live here um, on the Podbean app. If you guys are just, you know, uh, joining in or maybe you didn't hear it earlier, 
we uh, we stream live every morning, Monday to Friday at 6 a.m. Mountain Time. And you can join in the live show on the Podbean app. Um, just download Podbean and uh, search Real Estate Investing Morning Show or listen to the recordings. But I mean, obviously, there's 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 a lot more. There's a much more benefit to joining in live and getting your questions answered. You can ask your questions in the chat or you can click the call in button and, and be a part of the conversation and ask your questions live. Um, today, we're going to be doing a giveaway. So stay tuned for that. Um, we'll do that in a little bit here. Uh, we have uh, we've had some um, prizes donated by. Uh, oh, shoot. What? Nothing. Um, I had to think about it. Uh, by Robbie Debris. Robbie Debris. I asked. I asked Robbie on the weekend to pronounce his last name, and then I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I couldn't remember. I was Debris like, is it a Debris. secret who donated it? <laughs> no, I was just about to say his name, and he just told me yet like twelve hours ago how to properly pronounce it, and then I had to think about it. It's Robbie Debris. Uh, yeah, so it was donated by Robbie Debris. He's at the cabinet retreat this weekend, and. Uh, <laughs> And um, we're going to be giving that away. We're going to be away a $50 gift card to the Cactus Club. So stay tuned for that. And we will. Incredible. Uh, yeah. And we'll, we'll find, uh, uh, we'll let you know when to call in for that. So private money. Yeah. What's private money? Private money is money that you borrow. That's privately. private. <laughs> it's a, uh, it, it can mean a lot of things, but basically it's not a bank or an institution that mm-hmm. is lending you money. It is um, some sort of um, pri- private institution or yeah. person or yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So we can, I think we can probably go through the different, different types of private money. Yeah. So um, let's say for example, you've got some money sitting um, in savings or you got some equity in your house. You just pulled out. And um, and you want to lend it to someone, you can do that. Um, uh, in the form of a promissory note, in the form of a of a mortgage. You know, if you've got four hundred thousand dollars in your account, <clears throat> and a friend of yours is doing a flip and they need a four hundred thousand dollar mortgage, you can lend it to them. Or it could be on a lot smaller scale. Yeah. If you have uh, $50,000 in your bank account and your friend is flipping a house and they need some renovation money, As, you can and, lend it to them. <laughs> in the form of a second mortgage, Yeah. right? Maybe they got some equity in their home and, and you tie it in as a second mortgage on the property. Um, as well, if you had some RRSP money that was locked in and, and you wanted to invest it, what you do is you take that RRSP money and put it in a self-directed account and send it to uh, an institution, something like Olympia Trust. And you can lend your RRSP money to someone in the form of a mortgage. Is, is RRSP tough for you to say? For some reason, <laughs> I saw you giggling out of the corner of my eye. For some reason, RRSP money is extremely difficult for me to say this morning. You know what it is? I'm just realizing this. Do I have some sort of an impediment that's preventing me from saying RRSP money? There you go. Okay. That was smooth. It's I I haven't slept many hours in the last four days. That's true. Yeah, but RRSP money. Oh, see? Is... A really cool thing that um, most people don't learn about until much later on and that most uh, people who are not real estate investors don't know about and is really cool if you can educate them about because 
I'm sure they would rather make um, eight to fifteen percent returns on their money rather than the. Uh, I don't know. What do you think people are getting on their RRSPs these days sitting in a account? <laughs> it, uh, there's no guarantee. Yeah, there's no guarantee. Uh, I mean. They can go up. They can go down. They most can people, sit stagnant. Most people give it to the bank. Yeah. This is a discussion we had that we had this weekend. Um, most people just assume that your manager at the bank is your financial expert because – Financial hey, guru. You know what? They work at the bank. They oh, handle yeah. money all the time. Those guys, they know how to handle money. They know what they're doing. And yet, no offense to anyone who works at the bank, bank manager, financial planner, for the most part. You know what? To be honest, as I start saying this, I'm going to sound like a dick. But for the most part. Um, some people get a job at the bank out of high school and then they're really great workers and they take some internal courses, right at the bank. And then they work their way up to assistant branch manager, branch manager. And not to say they're not educated, but they're probably taking some internal courses and stuff like that, getting educated stuff. But are they your best? I mean, do they have a degree? Some of them. But like, are they the best people to go to for advice on where to put your money? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's entirely up to you. But <clears throat> what ends up happening, and this is very general thinking and general understanding. So call in and tear me a new one if, if you want. But they, there's someone else at some other office who is controlling all the funds, right? So the person in the branch is trying to figure out what's what's your risk tolerance. Are you in here? Are you a conservative person? Do you want some sort of a balanced approach? Do you want an aggressive approach? And and so many times, you know, guys going there like, yeah, well, I want the aggressive. I want to make as much money as possible. And so they're like, okay, we're going to put you in a, in, a, in, a, in an aggressive model here. And then they send it off to someone who puts it in some sort of an aggressive model, which whatever that means, they happen to put you in some sort of a, you know, a portfolio where they invested a little more aggressively, right? And you you really have no idea what that's, you know, maybe they invested in, in, in oil in the U.S. I don't, I don't know. I mean, what they end up like, do you, you certainly don't know what you're investing in. That's for sure. You just wait to see if you got rich. And, you know, oh, wow, I made it, you know, sometimes you hear, oh, I made 17% return last year, but then you made 3% return the year before, and it was negative four before that. And it, like, nobody really understands it. The coolest thing about what I like about the the self-directed accounts um, and investing your RSPs into to mortgages is that you can get a 10 to 15% return guaranteed. And you're in control of it. You pick who you invest it with. You pick who you, you invest in. <laughs> And it's backed by real estate collateral. So just like a bank, just like a mortgage lender, a hard asset, yeah. Just like a mortgage lender, in the event that the person doesn't do what they're supposed to do, which is make their payments to you and pay you back, you take the house. You take the house back and... I'm just realizing that the timing for this is like terrible.
Um, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna apologize to everybody. Um, and this this has this has, this goes back to the fact that I'm extremely tired, but I feel like this is an actual terrible fucking time to be talking about this. About private money. RSP funds. Mm-hmm. Can you expand on that? I've been in a bubble for the last three days and, and this kind of came, this kind of started, this kind of came to light last, late last week. I don't know if I really should talk about it or not because I, I, mm, (laughs) uh, uh, RSP lending can be very good. If, um, if you get to choose who to invest with, you get to choose who you want to invest with. And, and it is backed by real estate. So in the event that something doesn't happen, that something happens that, you, that wasn't planned, then you can take control of the asset. You can uh, go through the foreclosure process. You can sell it. And, um, and then you can uh, liquidate and, and mitigate your losses, which is, which is a really cool thing because it, it, it in most cases, um, for the most part, um, nothing ever really goes wrong because you, you get to invest with what I like about it is that you get to invest in real estate investors, yeah. um, you know, highly educated people who know what they're doing and you can do your background checks to find out that these are types of people that, um, they've done this before. You know, you can ask for quotes, you can ask for, <clears throat> uh, details on the property that they're buying. You can get an appraisal done. You can ask for the uh, the after repair value, so you can ask for like the sold comparables or what it's going to be worth afterwards. You can ask for quotes to find out what you know it's going to cost for them to renovate it, and then you can have your own criteria for what you find acceptable. Uh, and and then lastly, you can check on the person. You can ask around to find out how many times has this person done it. Have they done like are, are these people reputable? You can ask for their like for anything to 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 look into them. You if you if it makes you feel comfortable, you can ask for a credit report. You can like yeah yeah. There's lots of different ways that you can um, feel comfortable. Um, yeah. So, with all that being said, I mean, uh, we we've used RSP funds. Um, I intend um, when when there's a period of time in order for me to get access to my my pension money. Um, I've got money in a pension that's in an RPP. I need to wait a certain period of time before I can um, transfer it into a self-directed account. Since you left your job. Since I left my union. And uh, my intention is to, even though I can't get that money out until I'm whenever 65, uh, my intention is to is to lend it out. Into real to, estate. Into yeah. real estate to get a, just a solid, you know, 10 or 15% return. Um. As well, um, you know, we, we, we work with individuals that, that just have, you know, bank accounts with cash and, um, and whenever, you know, we need to do a flip or something along those lines, we can call on them and, hey, I got this deal. I need to close it fast. Here's what I'm buying it for. Here's what the renovation costs are. Um, here's what's going to be worth afterwards. And they'll be like, oh, okay, cool. Sure. When do you need it? Two days. Okay, cool. It'll be in your account in two days. That's one of the big benefits of private money is that it's fast, significantly faster than going to TD Canada Trust, filling out an application, waiting two weeks. Um, If you're buying a flip property or you need money fast for like a bridge loan or something like that, 
you don't want to, you can't wait two weeks. If you've got a flip property, that's amazing. And you've checked it out and you feel good about it and you want to go unconditional on this offer. You need like, in order to go unconditional, you need to know that you got money lined up. Yeah. So private lenders are, are, they can, they can get things done significantly faster. Um, one of the most uh, popular uh, lenders for stuff like this in Canada is um, there's a, mor- a mortgage investment corporation out of Calgary called uh, Calvert. And that's their niche. Um, a mortgage investment corporation, I, to be honest, I don't even know um, the definition of a MIC. I know what it is, but like. Um, Simple explanation. <laughs> a mortgage investment corporation provides a way to invest in the real estate market, mitigating the time and risk of investing in individual mortgages. Investors pool their money by buying shares in a mortgage investment corporation, creating an alternative fixed income investment. So you can you can invest into a mortgage investment corporation. You get a fixed and you pool it with other investors. You pull it all together. And then this MIC, for example, Calvert, they will lend those funds out at a higher rate to investors like us who use it for flips, for short-term financing. Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty cool setup. Um, just like, you know, the individuals that I was speaking about a minute ago, Calvert, they have a team of like analyzers, like analysts that will literally, literally, they can, they can look at a property within a few hours and give you an answer, right? And funds in your account within a few days. Like it's, it's a really cool, um, they're not a REIT. Uh, Courtney asked if they're a REIT. They're, they're a mortgage investment corporation. A little bit different. Um, and to be honest, I'm not an expert on the differences between them. I can do a little bit of research and talk about it in the future. I um, think I, um, the, a REIT is, um, in most cases, like op- operates and owns um, income producing real estate. Right. Um, so. I, and I think also REITs are a lot of times um, like commercial. So yeah, yeah. Well, if you've ever been to like uh, like one of those Walmart, you know, um, for those of you in Edmonton, like South Edmonton Common, or uh, say um, you know the West End, uh, anywhere, pretty much anywhere where there's a Walmart, and then you have all of those stores around in that area. Those developments were were started by by REITs, and nine times out of ten, I believe that Penguin that's outside of a lot of those yeah. um, those areas, those those common areas, you'll see that penguin. I believe I looked into it years ago. I believe that penguin is like a someone calls it smart center. Is that what it's called? Can you Google it? Smart center. <laughs> I'm curious. I'm learning something now. Interesting. Um, is is smart center REIT a buy? Okay, so uh, yeah, Smart Center is 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 a REIT, um, and they okay. Now I'm learning. I, I looked into it just um, very quickly as I was driving by because you see that penguin all the time. I'm like, what the fuck is that penguin? And it turns out that that is the you know the logo, the symbol for that particular REIT. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of different kinds of REITs. Um, anyone can start a REIT. Um, yeah. It takes a long time years of applications you need to have a certain net worth and equity um but it is possible um but uh no calvert's a mic which is a mortgage investment corporation so they pool funds for investors and then they lend them out in 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 mortgages so uh pretty cool thing uh and and easy to access if you're an investor and you're looking for short-term financing for flips um yeah that's that um 
Olympia Trust, a lot of people ask what, what Olympia Trust is. That's a trust that, um, facilitates, that, that you can use to facilitate the transactions for your um, RRSP. RRSP funds. Um, you need to have your money in a self-directed account and then sent to Olympia Trust. And that Olympia Trust can, can be the, I guess, facilitator is the best word, um, to facilitate the transaction for you to use those, that money as a mortgage um, to, to, you know, to an end buyer. Yeah. Um, yeah. How far do we want to go into this whole discussion that I, that I opened up? I, <laughs> I, I, my intention was not to bring up this discussion on the podcast. Uh, I'm not going to get into details, but, um, again, my, I, I apologize because my time is timing is extremely poor because a lot of people have been affected in the industry in Canada. Um, there in, in, in the last couple of months, uh, there's a, uh, in a, the, and there's an investment company in Canada that, um, that was doing very, very, very well. Um, and I have to say that, uh, Robin, I don't know if I necessarily want to name them that I, I see you there live, but, um, and, uh, it, and, and on a personal, uh, on a personal level, I, I, I admire, any investor who goes and, and, and reaches a level like that. Uh, the two women that were involved in that, I mean, I, for, I know how many people come into this, into this network, into this community. Um, they say, I'm going to become a real estate investor. I, I went to this weekend event and I'm going to, I'm going to make a hundred million dollars and, and, and they never do. Right. And I talk about this all the time, you know, what separates, you know, the people that actually go and do the things they say they do and, and the floaters, the people who just float in the river and never really quite paddled. They never really quite reached the rest, their destination. Uh, these two women are, are an example of, of someone they paddled upstream and they built a really, really, really amazing business. And they had such an amazing reputation so much so that, you know, that like literally everybody was investing in them. You would assume that like most real estate investors, you know, I want to do my own thing. I want to buy my own properties. I don't need anybody's help. But literally everybody was was working with these these two women. And um, they just had a really amazing model. And um, problem was they ran into some issues with, um, I'm not 100% sure on the commissions, whether it be a, like a securities commission or the FCAA. And um They, they got in hot water for um, offering investment opportunities when they, they, when they didn't have a license to do it. And this, this conversation, this discussion comes up all the fucking time. And you hear everybody talking about it, that you cannot go and advertise investment opportunities to the public. You can't. Friends and family for joint ventures. Friends and family, you cannot go advertising on sponsored ads on Facebook or groups or anyone outside of friends and family. And, you know, you probably, oh, yeah, yeah my buddy's been doing it for years. He never got in any trouble, whatever. They'll, ne they'll never be able to find it out. What happens is they, yeah, you're right. They probably won't, go, they probably won't go and dive in deep for someone who, you know, found someone, maybe one, two, three investors, joint venture partners. A large company like this, though, who's been not flaunting it, but been so open to the public and so well known, it's just a matter of time. 
Mm-hmm. And um, that's ultimately what happened. They they were they were investigated and they were told to cease their operations. And no, I, I some people may know more of you know what happened between November October November of last year and then today, but um, you know it just things start falling apart, right? You know, they build a business model off of that. And when they're told they can't do it anymore, it, it, you know, now you're you're trying to solve it with both your hands tied and your feet tied. And you're just trying to liquidate as much as possible and fix the problem. They never had any bad intent. It's just they, they did it incorrectly and and you know, only them to blame. And, uh, you know, what, what's, what's happening now in the past couple of weeks is that um, investors who have either joint venture partner with them or have invested in, you know, their private money into their, their, their flips and their properties and such. They've been told that, Hey, we're handing you the keys back. And, um, there are so many investors that are, uh, finding out about this, that, you know, they, they're going to lose a lot of money. Um, it's really sad. It's really sad that that's happening to people. Huge impact. Uh, It's really sad that these two women who I know had the best fucking intentions. um, They fucked up. I was going to say best intentions also don't mean shit though. You need to do things properly. You need to know what you're doing. Anything that you get into, you need to know the fucking ins and out of it. If you're a landlord, you need to know what your landlord responsibilities are. If you're an investor, you need to know when you can and cannot advertise stuff like that is your responsibility when you get an education to go get your job you need to get that education and know how to do your job so yeah i've just because you keep saying it it, like and i get it i mean i looked into their model early on and i said are you fucking kidding me and then then i watch and i watch and i watch and i look and i'm like okay oh they're gonna play on that technicality okay cool you know, you think that you word it a certain way or you put a certain document in place and suddenly you're you're exempt from the rules. Um, I'm speaking generally as well. I, I don't like. Uh, yeah, this isn't our, our place to. I don't know. Yeah. And I do. I, I never, ever, ever criticize unless I know all the facts, mm-hmm. even if I'm involved and I know 95 percent of the facts. I never, ever, ever criticize. I never talk about politics unless I know. I am not in fucking parliament. I don't know what's on the other side. You don't know. So I never make comments or criticize without knowing the hundred percent of the facts. But there are, I, the reason why I'm talking about this today is because I fucked up and I brought up a topic. That's very relevant right now. That's very relevant right now that a lot of people are extremely stressed out about and, and are going through some shit and I feel fucking terrible. So I feel bad for the two women. I feel bad for everyone that's involved. Um, and there's a few lessons to learn from this. Uh, and that's definitely do your research on who you're investing with. And how they're investing. How they're investing. Talk to a lawyer. If it seems too good to be true, ask a lawyer. Ask a lawyer in that particular province. Because real estate law and securities, they, they vary from province to province to province, not just federally. <laughs> And also, when you are raising funds or advertising investment opportunities, read the fucking rules. 
on how you're allowed to do that. Um, so you don't build a whole business on a, on a, on a house of cards. <clears throat> I will, uh, I'm just going to check through the comments here. Yeah. Um, Josh here says crazy to hear such horror stories with what should be an established company. Uh, there are risks in real estate for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 I preach this all the time that all of, you know, all of your heroes on the podcasts and, you know, um, the guys up on stage and the, you know, the person who talks about zero to a hundred million dollars in five years, you know, you know, whatever clickbait podcast you want to listen to, they're all the same as you, you know, they, they like not, Anyone can be a successful real estate investor. I think that's amazing. I think that, you know, you could be an electrician, you could be working at a bank, you could be a welder, you could be a paramedic, and and you can build something really fucking amazing for yourself on the side. And then you could either A, um, live off of that cash flow and have a really nice life and still work your job, or B, you can leave your job and and just continue to do amazing things and build a real estate investing business. I, I love that shit. That's what our cabinetry is all about. Anyone can do it. And your heroes, their shit stinks too. These two women, like they, they weren't anyone special. What they did was they had ambition, they had grit, and they were willing to do what most of us aren't willing to do. Mm-hmm. Anyone can do it. So you need, like at the same time, you might want to do your research into people and make sure that, you know, the people are who they say they are and not just you know, some amazing person that you heard about that had a really cool story on a podcast. Do your diligence. Do your diligence on me. Look me up. Why the fuck are you taking my advice? Who the fuck am I? Look me up. I don't give a shit. Call me. I'll tell you. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Go listen to my pump, my my uh, my podcast of uh, uh, from pumping gas to uh, <laughs> to real estate investor. And I was pumping gas at 21. I moved across the, the province, got a career. Did that, built a real estate business on the side, and eventually left my job. Started a financing company. It's pumping gas 14 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have any education? No, I'm self-taught. Just like you guys, listening to podcasts. I learned my shit. I took some courses. And I took action. Um, you know, should you invest with me? You might want to you might want to do your research. And we're not asking you to. And I'm not looking for your money anyways. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Like just cuz I'm on a podcast and I'm like I got an amazing investment opportunity. Come buy this Aplex in Edmonton. We got cash flow. <laughs> just jump all over it and do your research. Yeah. It's well and that's the thing is that like investing um in in a property with somebody isn't just about the numbers. It's about it, it's probably more about the person. You don't just you don't just invest with somebody because they have a good deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Why don't we get back to applications? I I, I needed to address that. I, I apologize, everyone, because I, I know that I've, there are at least a few investors that are on live today, and I know a large percentage of our listeners who listen to the recorded versions of our podcast. Um, it's a, it's a, it's um it's a sensitive topic right now. Mm-hmm. Um. So for private money, you know, what kind of applications could it be used for? Well, um, private money, private mortgages, um, second mortgages, those types of things. Um, say, for example, 
you've got a renovation that you're working on and you don't have any money to do it, but you got a little bit of equity in um, some of your properties. Well, what you can do is you can go speak to, you know, a friend of yours and say, Hey man, uh, I saw you got some RSP, some money in certain RSPs. You want to invest it into a second mortgage? And, you know, he says, what kind of, what kind of return am I going to get? And you say 12%. I'll put you in a, and you'll say, okay, well, what's the loan to value? Well, my loan to value right now is 60%. I'm looking for 20% of the, of the, of the value of the home. So I'm looking for, um, $100,000 and, uh, we'll put your second mortgage there. So you'll, you know, it'll still be at 80% loan to value, um, nice and safe. I take that hundred thousand dollars. Uh, I go renovate and add a secondary suite. And then when I refinance it, I'm going to pay you back your $100,000. Well, that sounds pretty reasonable. Pretty low risk. There's still 20% of equity in it. And it's, you got some skin in the game. Okay, yeah, sure. So, you know, um, you go to your lawyer. Um, he goes to, you know, puts his RSPs into a self-directed account and sends it over to Olympia Trust. Olympia Trust sends off a form. Uh, both of you guys fill out the form of what the terms are of your agreements. Uh, and then your lawyer reaches out to um, their lawyer who reach, you know talks to Olympia Trust. They get it all done with in Olympia's a little bit of a longer process, maybe seven to 14 days on yeah. average. Yeah. Um, if they already have their, their money in Olympia Trust, it can be pretty quick. If I recall, there's a fee for Olympia Trust that you're responsible for. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it is, to be honest. Yeah, it's been a while since we did that. I'll, I'll look into that. If anybody knows, you know, put in the comments here. Um, yeah, money gets transferred into your, you know, to your lawyer and then gets you know, transferred into your account. And you do the renovations and then use the financing, you know, to, to renovate that, add that secondary suite. And then you're done. You, whether you, you know, refinance or whatever your property and then you get that money back out, pay out your loan and you're done. So there's one example. Mm-hmm. Um in, in the form of a second mortgage. Um, say, for example, you've got this amazing property that you want to flip. And you need money fast. So you've got a buddy that's got cash, sitting on a million dollars in cash in his account, and you ask him for a mortgage to buy this property. You say, hey, man, I'm going to put 10% down. You, I'm looking for 90% mortgage. And this everything's negotiable. He can do 100% financing. He can do 80% financing. Whatever you negotiate, I'm going to bring 10. You bring 90. Um, I'm buying this property for $300,000. I'm doing a hundred thousand dollar renovation, and then I'm going to sell it for 520. So after closing costs, renovations, and everything else, I'm going to net somewhere between 90 to 100 thousand dollars in profit. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, yeah. So he, you draw up a mortgage commitment letter, which is a one pager, goes over the terms of what the mortgage is, the how long the term is, what's the minimum uh, length. So sometimes they want a minimum three months or six months to make sure that it's worth their time. Uh, you, the buyer or, or the borrower are going to pay for their legal fees and your legal fees. Um, sometimes there's a lender fee that they add in. Sometimes there isn't. Mm-hmm. And then you put the interest rate. Um, you do, you cover the details of the payments. Are you paying, uh, monthly interest payments or are you just doing a balloon payment at the end and you sign that off and you send it to their lawyer, their lawyer, and then obviously to your lawyer as well. And, uh, those ones are pretty quick. Yeah. Those ones are pretty quick and can be done within a few days. It's pretty, pretty simple stuff. Uh, your, your lender will, um, will put their, their funds, you know, into the form of a bank draft and send it off to their, 
their lawyer and then the, their lawyers careers the money over to your lawyer and you got it within a couple of days. Yeah. Um, that's a great way to buy a property, you know, if you, if you need the money fast. For flips, it's not necessarily realistic to use big banks. And I've had that question a lot. Well, why would I, why would I pay 12 or 15% yearly? So calculated yearly, not per month, yearly. Why would I pay that high, you know, interest rate when at 15% when I can get it at 3% with TD Canada Trust? Well, technically, when you're getting a mortgage with TD Canada Trust, you're telling them that it's going to be investment property. So like they're assuming it's going to be a rental, not a short-term financing. And yes, you can say it's going to be a rental. And then you can sell it in three months or five months. You could do that, sure. And you can save, you know, on 12% of interest. <laughs> I get it, yeah. You're going to save a few thousand dollars. But at the same time, um, you're lying. And then eventually, how many times do you think you're going to get away with that? If this is if this is supposed to be a long-term business, a few flipping, how many times do you think you're going to get away with that before they catch on, right? Before your mortgage broker says, hey, Gabby, come on. Like, we, we know what you're doing. I know you're lying. You know what I mean? It's not It's not a sustainable practice. So are there any institutions that have like flip mortgages? Calvert. I mean, like, uh, sorry, like actual like yeah. banking institutions. Yeah, there are. Yeah, there are. Um, I just asked because I actually I, I am not aware of them. Um, I've heard there are. Them. I haven't found them personally. Most mm -hmm. people just, you know, go with the examples that I gave. Mm -hmm. But, you know, talk to your broker. Mm -hmm. Talk to your broker and see if there's any Lenders that have options like that, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. It makes it makes more sense just to pay the higher interest rate, just for the the ease and simplicity. Like, there's no penalties mm -hmm. when you when you pay it out, right? So, if you had a mortgage, you pay three months worth of interest. Yeah. Um. Definitely don't put it. Don't go get a five year fixed mortgage. <laughs> Um, you know, for a flip, because then you're going to have serious, you know, mortgage penalties. Um, you know, they calculate that with what's called an interest rate differential. So basically they figure out all the interest that they were supposed to make over the five years and they charge you that as a penalty. Definitely don't do that. Um, you, you mentioned, um, that the, you know, that the interest on those is calculated yearly. And this is a discussion that we had over the weekend, just like trying to, to, to wrap your head around what that actually means. Mm -hmm. And some people here listening might not also might not understand that. And so like when, when you say like, oh, we're borrowing at 12%, it's like, so if you borrowed a hundred thousand dollars, that means that you're paying $12,000. $12, a month. Like, no, that's, that's crazy. No. So yeah, it's like if if it was at twelve percent, and you think of borrowing a hundred thousand dollars over the year, that would be like we had just said the twelve thousand dollars. But then you divide that by how many months there are in the year, and that's the monthly interest. So yeah, it would so be a thousand dollars. Paying a month. on average a thousand dollars a month, yeah, for the time that you use it. Just like if you had a mortgage and it was three percent, that's three percent interest for the full year. How much are you paying per month? You can just break it down um, in your amortization calculator, right? Yeah. So, um, an easy way of doing that math is like, okay, if it's 12% for the year, 
there's 12 months, that means it's $1,000 per month. So if you, if you start your renovation and you sell it by, you know, four months from now, that means four months worth of interest, it means $4,000. Just yeah. to give you a general idea of what your cost of borrowing is yeah. going to be. If it was $100,000. Yeah. 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 That'll give you a general idea of what your cost of borrowing is going to be. Um, yeah, but there's, there's so many perks to just, you know, uh, to doing private lending um, or private mortgages. It just makes sense for the short term. And I know a lot of people are like, it's $15,000 worth of interest I got to pay. Well, focus on the deal. Don't focus on how much it's going to cost. You know what I mean? Don't. Or it's, the, it's the exact same thing people do. are like, oh, I'm going to become a realtor so I can save myself on realtor costs. <laughs> you fucking cheapskate. Focus on the deal. You're an <laughs> investor. You're not a realtor. Well, I'm going to become a mortgage broker so I can get my own mortgages. <laughs> You're an investor. You're not a mortgage broker nothing wrong with either of those two occupations or careers however you're don't think that that's the way that you're going to make it a good deal focus yeah. on the deal the example i just gave you is a real world example of finding something that's for 300 renovating it for 100 and selling it for five five ten you can do that right and there's plenty of spread there who yeah. gives a shit that the fifteen thousand dollars is included in that yeah really are you still making money and that's just one deal. Imagine if you did five of those a year. Imagine if you could find a flip like that five times every year or four times. You do one every three months and you're making $100,000 per deal. It's $400,000. It's pretty crazy stuff. Who gives a shit how much interest I'm paying on it? Or, you know, uh, that my insurance premiums are, are more expensive because it's a flip. And I'm fucked that. I'm just going to, I'm just going to call them and tell them it's my normal rental property insurance. So that way I save a hundred bucks or 200 bucks. No, it's, it costs what it costs. Mm-hmm. Just focus on the deal. And, 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 and that's what you can control. Focus on the costs uh, within your renovation. You know, where can I save money on flooring? Maybe I can shave, you know, 20 cents off per square foot here, or maybe I can negotiate my rates with my painter, or maybe I can, you know, get a deal um, with my cabinet guys. And, you know, because I'm doing so much volume, I can shave off 10% there. Focus on that kind of stuff. Uh, and Robin says here that the interest is tax deductible. That is correct. As far as I know, would that be? Should be. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> now that I think about it. Is it? <coughs> Fuck. I don't know. Okay. Well, the only way to know for sure is I need three people to confirm that. <laughs> Can't just listen to one person. <laughs> no, no offense, Robin. I just don't know if you're fake news. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like too early for me to even like comprehend that. So like I know that like when you bar, like if you take money out of your home equity line of credit and you invest it into real estate that like, yeah, yeah the interest that you're paying on that is tax deductible. But like, does this apply here? I don't no, know. Well, like interest, too- interest on your mortgage. Yeah. Mortgage interest is not but tax deductible in Canada. Paying interest on bar, yeah, I don't, I don't. Yeah, if you're using it in in real estate, then yeah, it is. Well, I, you know what Robin said. What? Talk to your accountant. Yeah, that's what you do. <laughs> it's just a little too early for us. I apologize. Just with all things going on, and then I got my mind got completely sidetracked in the middle of you know my little presentation. Yeah. But as I was just as I was just talking that through, like um, he is right because we we. Um, deduct the interest that we pay on borrowing money. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tyson, Tyson, uh, a funny story here. 
Uh, he was talking with a coworker last night and he's going to sell his rental property. You want to know why he's selling his rental property? Because he has to pay income tax. And it's not worth worth having a rental if I have to pay tax. It's not worth having a rental if I have to pay tax. Oh, my Lord. That's the justification that people, that's some people think that way. Uh, Some people think that I shouldn't have to pay tax for money that I make. It's the law. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It is. It is what it is. I mean, it's not for everybody. Um, What a terrific show today, Gab. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what a, what an absolutely whoop, whoop. terrific show oh fuck we didn't do a giveaway oh yeah um um i i got so sidetracked today hmm why are we doing this one oh, just had a good stretch there um I don't know. We need a skill testing question. Okay. Uh, okay. So what is, I, I will, and, and, and I'll count it down. Don't start calling yet. When I, when I count it down, I'll count down uh, from, um, uh, you know what, you can start calling it now. But the question is, is what is the name of the REIT that owns those Walmarts? Hey, and, and you guys don't type areas? it in, don't type it in the comments. Call in. Uh, what is the name of that REIT that, uh, that uh that we were talking about earlier in those walmart development areas was it the smart centers yeah boom boom josh woohoo <laughs> 50 dollars cactus club gift certificate coming your way courtesy of robbie devries yes oh, did I say that right? you got it right <laughs> robbie's smiling Awesome. Thanks for calling in, Josh. Um, thanks so much for calling in, Josh. We'll uh, we'll send you an email there, and uh, you can send us your address. We'll get that sent off to you. Sweet. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. Okay, guys. Well, thanks so much for joining in today. I do apologize for any of those that maybe, um, you know. Uh, Touched on this, our spot. I, I, yeah. And I, I, I didn't mean to. I do apologize. And uh, hopefully you guys get that all sorted out soon. Hopefully. Um, there's a happy ending to all of it, or at least a reasonable ending. And um, yeah, tomorrow we'll uh, we'll see you tomorrow morning at uh, 6 a.m. Have a great Monday. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com.